And we started going to churches under tree and just people were coming from every because everybody had heard what the Mazunga did, you know? And so from that moment on, they no longer saw me as the rich Mazunga. They saw me as the man that God had sent to help them plant and build churches. Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Wayne Derry returns to talk with Dan, Brian, and Terry about looking for miracles. Now here's the guys, so let's get started. In our last episode of Finish Strong, we introduced you to a man named Wayne Derry. We talked about the fact that because he was faithful in answering God's call, that he has seen far more accomplished in his life and ministry than he could ever have imagined. And especially when you go back to Wayne's beginnings and you find out what God literally saved him from. Well, in this episode, Wayne is going to share some of the honest-to-goodness, real-life miracles that he has seen over the years. Hopefully, we will all learn to pay attention to the miracles that God performs in our lives, and we hope that you will take away that God can perform that miracle for you that are listening. This is Finish Strong, and this episode we're calling Look for the Miracles. I'm Dan Wheeler, and Brian Rowland and Terry Steen are with me. We're all the co-founders of Fearless Faith Ministries. Brian, we were all so impressed with Wayne Derry in our last episode. I mean, God has used him to accomplish such amazing things. Would you agree? Oh, amazing isn't the word. Um, I I jotted down here because I wrote it down because I couldn't believe it that he's already built 82 churches. There's going to be nine more by the end of the year, building every 12 days. It's just amazing to me um, that that is happening right now. Because, you know, you think about people that are missionaries and going to other countries. If you're, well, it's saturated already. You know, it's got to be saturated with missionaries and people have all heard the word. Not true. And we're learning that firsthand, especially the Masi people and who, who he's uh working with over there and, and ministering to not only in Kenya and Tanzania, but getting ready to go into East Congo. It just, it just blew me away. It's, it was a fantastic uh, stories that we that we heard and that uh, that's happening over there. And we're going to learn more today. Well, Terry, you've known Wayne for a long time and you've been telling him us about him and how you've supported him. And now I understand why. Is there one or two things about him knowing him and his calling that has just really impressed you? Well, Wayne's, I mean, he's a great guy. And I think the two things, and we talked a little bit about it in the last uh, podcast, but his willingness and his commitment. And anybody who is willing and committed, God can use. And so to hear some of these stories is just mind boggling. But Karen and I, my wife, we both said that there is no better fertile soil than Plant International for us to invest because of seeing the results. And so I want to introduce Wayne to our listeners today. Wayne, thanks for joining us again. We, we, we had you last episode, and we so appreciate you staying around and coming back for this one. Uh, thank you guys so much. It's great to be here. Just to kind of recap a little for those who hadn't had a chance to hear the last episode, what a ministry change you saw in your life. Kind of give our listeners just an overview of what happened 
how this miracle took place in your life? Well, we just uh, got uh, into a place in, in our life where we wanted to do missions ministry, and uh, we wanted to go and reach people that were not being reached. Our tagline is, unto the uttermost. And reaching out to and God directed us to the Maasai people um, deep, deep in the bush in Kenya and Tanzania. These people live in cow dung huts. They use the restroom on the ground. Their homes are really no bigger than a six by ten, and there'll be four or five people sleeping there. Uh, they tend their sheep, their goats, their cows. That's their life. Mm. Uh, one of the best things I do is going inside their homes and eating goat and drinking chai tea and enjoying the company uh, of those those people. Have you gotten used to the goat, Wayne? I love goat. The chai you tea do. can can leave you damaged. <laughs> but, <laughs> I would think the goat gives you a little kick too. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what oh, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> The goat is fantastic. We love really? it. Yeah, goat. And greatest of all time. Chapati bread. Yeah. Goat and chapati bread is, is my favorite meal on the planet. And, and I guess it's really the company that you keep, too, while you're out there. Uh, sure. That makes it so special. So, absolutely. Well, Wayne, God has opened up the mission field in Kenya. And what is there about these Maasai people that has so moved you? Well, I'll tell you what. We went out there. Somebody invited us. They actually were childhood friends with my wife. And they said, we need churches out here. And this is what you want to do. Would you come out? And we did. And we went out to the first place. We had already had the buildings that we want to build. The same, the size, the shape, everything that we wanted to do out there. And we did our homework, and we went, we went out there. We met uh, Pastor Daniel. He was the second person we ever built a church for. We went out there underneath the tree where he has church. He'd had church for 13 years underneath the tree, every single Sunday, rain or shine, didn't matter. People walk in three and four hours to get there. It's only about 30, 35 people the whole 13 years. And we got out there. And they sang some music, and he opened up his Bible, and through a translator, he pulled out this old sheet of paper that was 17 years old. And uh, God gave him a vision that somebody was going to build him a church building. God gave him the dimensions, the size, and the shape of the church. He had made another one and handed it to me. When he gave it to me, I opened it up and I looked at it. It was the exact same dimensions of the churches that we <laughs> wanted to build out there. Everybody's crying. Wow. Wow. They Maasai people had no idea why we were crying. The people we were there with um, were just like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, if there was ever a sign we needed to know that Kenya was the place to go, we got it. And that was it. It was done. I was like, I always pray, God, give me a place to die. Take me to a place where I'm willing to die for the gospel. Whatever it takes, I will do it. Not necessarily physically die, spiritually die. Whatever it takes, God, this is the place. And when we saw that, that was it. We knew it was God. Wow. You know, Wayne, it's, it's, it's interesting when you say that. To me, it's like it, it's not just coincidence. 
And and some people might think that, you know, that's just coincidence. But that was a, like a miracle happening yeah, in front of you because that that's what it would be to me. It'd be like, wow, you just, you're the exact same dimensions, everything that you've had, had God had told you, had told, that's confirmation. Absolutely. It's all in confirmation. But it just leads me to the question of you must have seen some amazing miracles out there. And uh, just share that with us. Yeah, we really have. Um, when that happened, we just knew. We actually built three churches. What had happened, though, is the people didn't see me as a missionary, a man from God sent by God to them. They saw me as a rich Mazunga. Mazunga is a white guy. Mm. So they're like, oh, the rich white guy is going to build churches. I didn't want that. That's not my heart. First of all, I ain't rich. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't want to be known as some tourist that's building churches. I wanted them to know God sent me there, especially after seeing that miracle under a tree with, you know, knowing the dimensions of a church. And so we met in this place, and we, we, I'd only been there three times. This was the third time. We had nine pastors. We had built two churches, and we were together, and they were all wanting to know who was going to get their next church and who was the rich Mazunga going to build for. When I got there, the drought was so bad. It had not mm-hmm. rained in 15 months. Not one drop. Mm. Oh. Animals were dying. They were dead on the road. When I was driving by, dead cows, it was bad. I mean bad. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, we talked about what I was going to do in the 30 days that I was going to be there and all that stuff. And then I looked at him and I said, guys, what's going on? There's dead animals. They said, it hasn't rained for 15 months. We're at our wits end. We are desperate for rain. And I said, let's join hands and pray. And so we joined hands and we began to pray. And I'm, I said something that came out of my mouth. I said, God, I'm asking you for it to rain in 24 hours. And I got done praying that prayer. And then I realized what I prayed. What have I done? They got all excited. (laughs) I'm just like, so I'm walking back to where I was staying. And I said, God, you don't ever have to do another thing I ask. (laughs) But would you please? (laughs) Would you please do this miracle? Long story short, I wake up that next day, not nothing, nothing. It gets to be about three or four o'clock in the morning. I mean, in the afternoon, we see clouds, and I go, oh, God, please. Within 36 hours, it started raining. Mm. Torrential Mm. downpours. The next day, they came in. We had another meeting. They came in jumping and shouting, saying, the man of God has brought rain. And we started going to churches on the tree, and just people were coming from every because everybody had heard what the Mazunga did, you know? And so from that moment on, they no longer saw me as the rich Mazunga. They saw me as the man that God had sent to help them plant and build churches. Wow. Wow. And that was your springboard of influence for these many years ahead. Absolutely incredible. The greatest miracle that I could have possibly imagined took place. You just can't make that up. I mean, it's just a a God moment, and we needed it. We had to have that, or they never would have switched. They never would have made that change. I think what what I hear, too, is is that God is showing you, as well as the other people, you prayed, but he said, I'm able and now you know I'm able, and this is just one thing, and watch what I'm going to do next. And the fact that God did it because he loves the Maasai people. Yeah. Yeah. He loves the Maasai people. They needed the rain. It was more than just me 
them seeing me in a different light. It was the fact that God loves you, Maasai people. Mm -hmm. I see you. You're not forgotten. I know you need the rain. Here it comes. Wow. Mm, That's fantastic. Yeah, just keep going. Do you have some other miracles that you can share? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) The Lord has just been so great. I was praying for land because I had no place to stay. And we built three churches. I had no place to stay. I was like, God, I need, I need land. I need a Bible college. I need a home. I need all these things. And you know how sometimes we just break it down so God can handle our prayer because we feel like it might overwhelm Him. <laughs> and so I needed all this stuff, but I was just praying for a little plot of land. God, if you just give me a little plot of land, you know. And these, these government officials had heard what we were doing. And so they came to us, and this was about church five or six we had done. They said, the government wants to meet you, and we have a pastor that wants to meet you. And I said, okay. So they said, it's a place called Majimoto, which means hot springs. There's a hot springs bubbling up out of the water there. I'm like, out of the ground. I'm like, okay. So we went. Here in the middle of nowhere is 18 acres, 10 block buildings, the largest church I had seen out there, and still is the largest church, a clinic, but it had been abandoned. And there was a pastor there that now is my partner, but he wasn't my partner then, and I was just trying to make all this work. The community came together, showed me this whole thing, and they said, uh, we want to give it to you. I go, What? We want to give you these 18 acres and these 10 buildings, and we just want to give it to you for free. It's yours. It's your ministries. Just take it and use it. And so you just, that's just incredible. I'm here playing for this little plot of land, and God gives us 18 acres, 10 buildings. We resurrected a clinic on that. We got a Jason school, award-winning school of 1,000 kids. Oh, wow. Uh, And we have a church building now. Our campus building, our church, has over 800 people going to it. Now, they had about 30 people and a little (laughs) pastor when we started. And so God just gave us this thing. It was just absolutely incredible. Wow. Let me ask you about the people, the actual people that attend the church and how this has changed their life and how impacting it is. Because I remember you telling me a story once about how, you know, here they are walking for hours to get to their church, and then you had built them a church, and they were just literally overwhelmed. Yeah, we actually went to an area for the first time. We go to areas where there, no white man has ever gone. We're actually going to up the valleys and places that they have to make roads for us. These were one of those places. They made a road for us. We got up there, and we built them a church building. When we got there, the people were coming. They were so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit and with joy. They just fell to the ground on their knees. Mm. They couldn't even get to the church. The power of God was so strong, and they were just so overwhelmed that a building would even built there, that any, anybody even knew they existed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there going, man, God, I built this building, and they're not even going in it. <laughs> but they were just weeping and overwhelmed of what God was doing. <laughs> and it was just absolutely one of the most beautiful sights. It took almost two hours for them to get into, eventually get into the church building. 
for us to actually have a dedication service. Wow. Wayne, what's, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from working with these people? What have they taught you? Um, sold out. All they have is Jesus. Mm. And it is enough. Mm. And there's no plan B. Yeah. Huh. Wow. When you're sick, there's no plan B. Mm. When you don't have rain, there's no plan B. When you don't have food, there's no plan B. You can't call your aunt and uncle, your mom or dad, or your grandparents or your church. Wow. It's Jesus. That's it. And they have learned to completely and totally depend on Jesus. I had a guy who was the town drunk at that church I just told you about. He had a dream that a white Mazunga was coming there to build a church. He went to the pastor and said this, and the pastor said, you're, you're a drunk. He said, I saw a vision. I heard from God. He says, if you have, get on your knees and ask Jesus into your heart right now. He got on his knees. He gave his life to Jesus, and he said, follow me. He gave him an acre of land, the acre of land that we built that church on. Wow. And oh so, yeah. And, and, and here's this guy that, that's the town drunk, gets this vision. This white guy's going to come build a church, and no white man's ever been there before. <laughs> How do you, these things are just mm. incredible. We've had people give us property with no intention thinking that anybody would ever build them a building. They're not even saved. And so two times we built a church building in the middle of building the building. The guy who owned the land came, knelt down in the building and said, I never thought that we would ever build a building here. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Twice that has happened. People that just came in in the community. That was one of my follow-up questions. How many of the people that come to that church have already accepted the Lord, or are there many that come and receive the Lord after the building's completed? Um, we, most churches will be 30 people tops, even after 10 years, 15 years, or whatever. Mm. We start with a pastor and his family. They go mud hut to mud hut. They win people to Jesus. Once we build that building, that church, if it's been six years or 10 years or three years, 30 people, the moment we build that building, that church in one year time to 18 months will triple or quadruple in size. They see the building and they see God. Wow. It's been our greatest evangelistic tool. It's been a church yeah. building. It <laughs> goes against every kind of church planting, every kind of evangelistic thought process you'd ever have. People say the building, the people are not the building. Well, here where we build them, they see the building, they see God, they come, they hear the love of Jesus, and they get saved. Can you give us an idea of what these buildings look like? I mean, I don't think they're the elaborate churches that we're used to. In- no, for eight, 9000 bucks, you can build a church building. They're a metal building with with wood frame. Sometimes we built uh, the cement floors, but now we're going to areas we can't even get the cement and the rocks and the sand and the water, all of that up to these areas. We can only get uh, the metal and the wood, and it's a 25 by 35 building. But guys, we can put 200 people. There's no chairs. They don't have chairs. Where are they going to buy chairs? They don't have chairs. What do they sit on? Or do they, they sit on the floor, <laughs> you know? They have church for two and a half yeah. hours, worship. Sometimes they stand the whole time, and they'll pack that place out. As soon as they pack it out, we've already raised a pastor up. 
He goes out of that church. He may take 10 or 15 with him, 10 kilometers away. We plant another church underneath the tree. We'll go 18 months to two years, and then we'll come back in. We'll build them a building. That's how the multiplication happens. Yeah, it, it makes me realize these people that they're so wanting Jesus and they're walking for hours. They're going there. They're standing or sitting on the floor in, in a metal building in Africa. And we have problems getting into our air conditioned cars yeah. and going to church on Sunday wow. because it's raining. Wow. You know, it's just just amazing to me. You can see that and what's happening with this country and what's going on with the Mazi people. You know, I've brought some teams out there. It's a rough trip. I'm not going to lie. You can't. You can't bring youth groups out there. We just have a few men's groups have come out. I've had these guys come out and spend a week with me. These are guys 20-something, 30. They've had babies born. They've been married. Two guys came to me, tears streaming down their face, and this is what they said. They said, this has been the greatest week of my life. Never have I mm. ever thought this, mm. this was even existing in the world today. My life has been forever changed. Those two people don't have a lot of money, but between the two, they've built five churches. Wow. Five churches because they were they were radically changed. I'm going to tell you a story that will sum up everything that we did. It's not necessarily a miracle, but it was a miracle in my heart. We were getting ready to build a church for a woman, the first woman pastor to ever have a church building. We wanted to be the first. We went over there to tell her on a Sunday morning what God was going to do. It was a torrential downpour. We barely got there. We couldn't even get home. The rain was so bad. We got out there. She's out there by herself. The rain was so bad. The wind was so bad. Nobody came but her. She was out there underneath the tree preaching to nobody. We came up behind her. Listen to this. We came up behind her. Wow. And we walked up, and we could hear her preaching. I went to my Maasai partner. I said, what is she preaching on? He said, she's preaching on the faithfulness of God. She is preaching to nobody but Jesus. And she's talking about how faithful God is. That revolutionized my life and took me to a point mm. that I will raise money. I'll do whatever yeah. I have to do to get these people uh, to have her. She, we built her one of the biggest churches at that time that we'd ever built. Wayne, speaking of raising money, how, how can we contribute and help your ministry? What's the best way we could do that? Uh, obviously, if you want to build a church, awesome. 8000 bucks builds a church. You get to see the whole thing on Facebook from the moment we buy the materials to the moment we do the dedication service. Five days we can build a church. What we need right now, we have over 10,000 people. We started with two pastors, 60 people. Now we have 82 churches, 51 underneath the tree, over 10,000 people meeting on Sunday. I'm estimating about 200 people have Bibles. They can't get them. They can't afford them because mm. they live way out in the wow. bush. We want to get those people Bibles. Most of them have never had a Bible in their life. And we want to get them. Ten bucks gets them a Bible, and we just want to get as many Bibles as we can. We want to go to our churches, and we want to hand these Bibles out to these families for the very first time in their life. Imagine for the first time you get your very first Bible. Wow, yeah. Well, guys, we haven't talked about it, but, man, I just feel touched by his story. I think Fearless Faith really should step up and contribute 
a Bible to his ministry. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Terry, I, th- I think we can go five. No, ten, we can go ten, ten Bibles. Bibles. I think we can do that. You're, hey, hey, you're, you're handling the money. You know we can do that. Okay, yeah, so, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know what, Wayne? I'm, I'm going to be the guy with the faith here. Yeah. We're, we we uh, we're gonna right now commit a thousand dollars to your ministry to buy a hundred Bibles. Thank you. Terry's so faith man. is obviously wanting. But yes. <laughs> no, that was okay. If you're listening, we'll let him buy that one Bible. If so you're we'll listening, that more. that's just a little bit of Terry's humor yeah. there. Okay, so so people can get involved, Wayne, by going to your website, right? Which is absolutely the plant. I-N-T-L dot org. So it's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-T-I-N-T-L dot org. And there's a, a donate button Absolutely. on that website. Yeah. Or you can email Wayne at Wayne at the at symbol P-L-A-N-T-I-N-T-L dot com. Please yeah. go there. Please give. I have just been blown away by both Ooh. the episodes we did with with Wayne and Wayne. God bless you. We're gonna stay involved Thank with you. you. We we want you to come back for an update in the future. Will you do that? Absolutely, Dan. I just want to say this: go to Facebook and Instagram. You can see all the pictures, all the stuff, videos, everything mm-hmm. at Wayne Derry Senior Sr. And you can see all the things that we've talked about. It's absolutely amazing. And by the way, Wayne Derry is Derry is D E R Y. Thank you so much, Wayne and Terry and Brian. I, I just Terry, you know, thank you for bringing Wayne to us because I'm blown away by this guy's testimony. Oh, yeah. It reminds me so much of what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew nineteen twenty six. With man, this is impossible. Wayne right. couldn't have done this if he did it in his own strength, but with God, all things are possible. Man, mm-hmm. he never imagined <laughs> what God would do. Yeah, I, I agree. You talk about building faith. It, it just When you hear the reality of what God can do, it just invigorates us, doesn't it? We don't see it here like that, and, that's, and maybe we don't look for it and don't ask God to use us like Wayne has done this. And it's just amazing. It blows you away to hear the stories, but know that it's actually happening even right now as we're sitting here. It's happening there. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And God can do anything. So if you're listening and you need a miracle, just give it to God. Go to him and say, Lord Jesus, change my life. I need a miracle. Change my heart, God. Mm-hmm. Please just work things out. Help me to find my hope in you. And I accept you as my Savior, Jesus. And I thank you for listening to my prayer in thy name. Amen. I hope you'll pray that prayer. And, and we all need to look back at the miracles that God has done as we move forward and we continue with fearless faith. Thank you so much for listening, and please join us next time for another edition of Finish Strong. God bless. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.